Have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast? Sorry, that's a dumb question. Of course you wanted to start your own podcast. Podcasting's amazing. Head on over to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use promo code GAMEPINIONS. And then you, that's right, you listening to this right now, you can have a free month of podcast hosting service. And also, if you take that promo code, you can also get a free month of stats so you can keep track of that podcast that you're working so hard on. Blueberry is incredible, and the features are simply amazing. I don't have time to talk about them, though, because I have to start my own show. So after this episode of Game Pinions, make sure you head on over to Blueberry.com, look up what it is all about, use promo code Game Pinions, and get started on an adventure of a lifetime. Welcome to Game Pinions, episode 39. I'm your host, Calman, and today I'm joined by Kim Kim. Hi. Sorry, no one and only today. <laughs> Very sad. There are many Kims out there in the uh, world. Oh. And then you were too many, too many Kims. Wow, so now I don't even get a special <laughs> inter- introduction. Well, I feel like the one and only is kind of overdone, so I want to try to think of something more creative. I hope you do. <laughs> and I also want to think of a little elevator pitch that we say before we start every show, but that's still in the pipeline. Oh, okay. So I wanted to start off this episode just by kind of having a little bit of housekeeping because we're we're kind of changing the format of Game Pinions a tiny bit, or at least we're planning on doing that. So yesterday we were going to record an episode based on Treasure Cove, which is like this educational game. You guys will hear more about it when we're able to record. We had some slight little technical difficulties, no big deal, um, but we're going to be pushing that back a couple weeks. But that kind of opens up the little bit of a new format that we're going to be having for the show going forward. So I want to kind of separate... Like when we talk about news and maybe other topics from talking about, um, I guess, single games. Well, I think news is a very vast way to basically encompass recent information about, I guess, multiple categories. I'm not sure how you want to describe this. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I guess it's just, you know, a way to kind of focus, like have like our episodes, I guess, more almost. I don't know if I want to say streamlined per se, but... You know, just kind of focus on individual things. That way, when you open up the episode, you kind of know more or less what to expect, and you're not really getting things that maybe you didn't really want when you're listening to it, if that makes sense. Like, if you want to listen to a podcast about, uh, say, Dead Space, and then we start talking about Animal Crossing news, maybe that's not what you were kind of wanting when you went in there. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, a little, yeah. So I kind of want to make it so, you know, you guys are going to get your content delivered to you quicker rather than having to sit and wait through, um, <laughs> I guess, like the different news stories and a stuff. A conversation about how we get off track. <laughs> yeah, or, or that, which, you know, we definitely, you know, have time for that. And I, you know, like having those those different um, areas in the podcast where we kind of go off on tangents and stuff because I think, you know, it's natural conversation. It's well, fun. Well, when the main quest is foreshadowed by a side quest yeah it gets yeah, a little I, crazy yeah but i also think that's that in, in many ways i kind of feel like that's where our personalities kind of come out though in those in those like you know going off like the the trail a little bit yes. so i definitely don't want to eliminate that but i just kind of want to try out this for a little while and i'm i'm going to just name all these episodes game pinions episode and continue that just because it's easier for me i haven't really figured out a way in my head to kind of separate those but we're going to be having some new people on the show and it's going to be really exciting i'm very i'm very happy to have them on there it's very very interesting mix of different personalities i think and i think we're going to mesh together really well so i'm really excited about that Yes, all of us are kind of, we have different genres genres of games that we play, and as well as different things that we actually focus on while we're playing the games, which is very interesting. Yeah, so. and it's, it's more people to kind of develop chemistry with. I feel like, at least, you know, now, like, I don't know how you feel, but because you were kind of new to the podcasting thing, do you feel a lot more comfortable now? I do. I got my uh, bum voice. Yeah. Now. 
<laughs> the, the one where you're we so don't have to try as hard it sounds like i could eat a cheeto and talk to you at the same time yeah that's the voice i have now yeah so you know as we go as we you know continue to make episodes that's when you know the chemistry aspect kind of starts to come up and we get you know really you know silly and all that other kind of stuff so this this is kind of like more people to kind of develop that kind of connection with yeah. and i think it's going to really benefit the listener and us too because it's so much fun yeah, to do so if you don't like all of us it's okay you can only like one yeah we don't mind you can pick a favorite you know you can <laughs> message me when you know when you, i'm your favorite you know you all suck I yeah. <laughs> I only listen for this person. You know, that's, that's I only listen for the intro song and then I turn it off. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I guess other exciting news. I'm just going to go ahead and announce it. I was going to wait until we actually made the transition. But after almost two years, we have finally acquired GamePinions.com. So we, pretty soon we won't have to be a .NET. There's still a little bit of hoops to jump through, you know, to finally get that up and running. But it is now under our ownership and I'm super excited about that. That's going to help us get Discover a little bit more easy. And I feel like people are just more comfortable with the .com after the .net. So it really bothered me that we didn't have that. And now we have it. So I'm really excited about that. So uh, I'd clap, but my one hand's taken off. So <laughs> Insert claps here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm holding the mic in one hand. So angel claps. It is awesome news and especially that means we can focus on what our website's really going to entail um we can definitely uh look forward to i guess more progress being made yeah so i'm very absolutely. excited and i'm very pumped for the future yeah and it, it opens up different possibilities because you know the dot net was really just a portal for the podcast and this probably will be similar to that um for the most part for right now but in the future you know i think that there's definitely some plans that we can we can play around with and have some, you know, some really cool plans with the website. And <laughs> uh, I think that, you know, who knows, maybe we will expand and branch out to other podcasts later on, too. And that would be a perfect portal for that, too. So all distant stuff, not important to know right now. The most important thing is, is that pretty soon we will not be .net. We will have .com. And of course, we will communicate that very heavily when that does occur. Probably won't be for a couple months is what I'm thinking. So, but still exciting. It'll be beautiful. It will be beautiful. Um, so the site will probably see like a facelift and all that kind of stuff too. But Kim Kim, mm -hmm. we have some news that we're going to get into. And we're going to test out this new format and see how it goes. Boy. Are you excited? Of course. Okay, so I figured, why don't you start off? Because you have different news stories than than I do. And I'm very excited that you have your own set of notes. That is freaking awesome. Listen, I did a lot for these <laughs> notes. More than I would ever agree to. <laughs> I, I'm very I'm very lazy. Um, So I actually was super pumped for this news, which is, I think, probably the reason why I even bothered to take notes. Sorry. Cow. it's okay but i did it so are you ready to hear about some rumored games yes so <laughs> it is a rumor that two new silent hill games are in the works a twitter user aesthetic gamer is known to be a reliable leader or leaker not leader but that could be the uh, leader of the leakers yeah. so but they're apparently very reliable one is supposedly going to be a soft reboot, and the other is like an episodic. It's like episodic. episodic. Yeah, Thank episodic, you. Yeah. I have never used that term in my whole life. Similar to Until Dawn, my vocabulary consists of anything from the kindergarten to like third grade. Hey, we learned something from the podcast, though. <laughs> I know, right? I personally have uh, trust issues after that Silent Hill PT demo, to be truthful. After that had came out, I was like, yes, there's no way they could back out of it, and then... They did. So I. Yeah, Konami really dropped the ball on that with their whole handling of that situation. Terrible. It, it made me so depressed. Yeah, I was so it was upset. Jacked up. It was like the only game during that time I was like super looking forward to. I was like, this is it. I'm going to love this. And I'm also going to hate being scared to death. But really disappointing to me. And it, ever since then, I don't believe anything is like out and safely released into basically the wilderness for a three solid days. And then I, I start to believe that it's actually there. Like it's not going to be taken away from me digitally. We're taking it back and then you can't download it. And good luck to the rest of you, you know. So I'm really pumped that these two new games are going to be coming out. And I'm not, I'm not really picky right now about what they're going to be because it's Silent Hill. Yeah. So I'm not really care. I don't even care if they 
most of it was cutscenes. At this point, I just want to see another Silent Hill game because of how it makes you think. It's like ridiculous how it integrates that person's like flaws or, or things in their life into that dimension, into that yeah. freaky world that you can never fully understand. And I say that because I, I try not to look too much into the lore, so I'm always surprised. So I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then I try to reset myself. It's really weird. But anyway, so as far as the rumored games, they, they apparently, it's in development. They have even spotted, apparently, that the Silent Hill, they were like renewed. Like, their um, titles or whatever were renewed. Okay. So, and I'm not sure if it's the game titles per se, but basically, um, you could definitely check the sources that I had found it at, which you could check Vicky Blade with Eurogamer, who made an article there. You could check IGN. You could check bloody-disgusting.com. Wow. I mean, this stuff is, like, everywhere. It's aggressive name for a website. <laughs> I know, right? It's really... Surprised that wasn't taken already. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, they put a dash. Um, but <laughs> Slashfilm.com and CCN.com, as well as PCGamer.com, have done articles all based off of this. It was like a French interview with um, Christophe. I'm going to butcher this. It's like Christophe. It doesn't have the R at the very end. But basically, he was like talking about rumored movies. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's when people started to dig personally into the games. Honestly, when these hmm. movies like were being announced and so on and so forth. But anyway, so rumored movies. We have a new Silent Hill movie in the development, as well as a Fatal Frame slash Project Zero movie that are being directed by Christoph Gans. So he directed the 2006 Silent Hill film, and it received like kind of mixed ratings. I personally like any kind of movie coming from a game. I'm just blessed to have. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, even if it's And then sucks. it turns out to be The Last Airbender. Oh, gosh, no. Oh. That was the worst. I have never seen anything that bad. Like, That's I even love the Tomb Raider movie where Angelina Jolie was in it. It was awesome. But basically, um, Christoph, I'm just glad he's doing, especially a Fatal Frame one. And he said that he wants to keep it to the Japanese haunted house, you know, basically as as much culture, I guess, as he can with whatever haunted stories are true per se or you know the truth to it you know so he's going to probably be filming this or at least some of the scenes in its setting in in japan or wherever it is actually located over there yeah which i find super crazy and exciting because they are really scary there's something so pure about those stories like you are this innocent little girl you know in some, the fatal frame 2 i played um, which was like crimson butterflies. You're such an innocent girl and you're walking through and you're seeing like these innocent people and these different like ways that they're doing these ceremonies and you're kind of freaking out just by seeing a ghost. You're like, if a door moves, I'm going to scream. And it did happen. So I remember playing Fatal Frame when I was little and we were, it was my first, I guess, intro into horror games per se, um, right after Silent Hill. And I was like, oh boy, braced myself, right? <laughs> and I was like, this isn't going to scare me. Sure enough, as I'm playing it in the living room, my dad comes in and I'm like screaming. Because it's li we were listening to one of like the ghost plays and the little ball crystal things that you put in. It's super creepy. <laughs> super cool. I'm so excited to just have something to watch that's based off of a game that I have memories, you know, with. So Yeah, I feel like that's very interesting that that movie or now are these you said these are rumored to be now they are now i think the chris uh christoph gans is more reliable with his movies that he is in development of making yeah i think that's honestly more of a truth because that was an interview not okay. the games i confused the two so the games are not in an interview that was okay. just leaked by a twitter user my apologies i'm like super new to these categories <laughs> I'm trying to get. I'm, I'm That's super very excited. interesting because Fatal Frame is actually that IP. At least I think the entire IP is actually owned by Nintendo now. Isn't that interesting? So Nintendo's kind of giving them the okay. I'm assuming unless it's only unless the IP only applies to games because it could be kind of one of those things. I mean, obviously on a much smaller scale, similar to Star Wars, where Disney has the rights to the Star Wars movies and merchandise, where EA has rights to the games. That's so what maybe I'm you know it's kind of something like that. That's interesting though. But that is super exciting because I don't even care. Like 
as long as there's some hope for it. Yeah. And they do have the sources of the French. Uh, most of these articles that I was reading from the sources I stated have the French article of the interview with people who had translated the whole interview. So you can go ahead and head on over to one of those sources, click on them, and feel free to get some additional details as to what he was saying. Um, because honestly, I was just so pumped to share that. I was like, oh my gosh, guys, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> and so many people are reporting this. I feel like at some point, it's not really just a rumor, especially if it was an actual interview yeah. that the, it was published to a French website. So Interesting. very excited for that. Yeah, we'll try. I've been wanting to do this, like actually providing links on our podcast like, oh, okay. um, descriptions. like description. Yeah, because that would be really helpful. And that's probably something we should be doing. So I'm going to try to gather all those up and, and have those on there. That's that's another thing we're trying yeah, to do. I will so. send those over to you so that you can at least post okay. um, the sources down there. And they can definitely find those articles very easy. Yeah, because um, then you guys can kind of read up about that yourself too and, you know, see what we're talking about. So Yeah, and then, you know, they are rumored at least. So I don't want to get my hopes up too high. Yeah. <laughs> but I always end up doing that. It'd still be awesome though. I just like chuck that at you guys like here here's this like like a really a kid obsessed with something i'm so sorry because those have been my favorite like games of all time or in, i guess fandoms i suppose yeah and so, i mean it's it's we're probably due for another silent hill game at this point and i i honestly wish that they would just you know konami would just swallow their pride and beg kojima to make it can you imagine kojima making I was really upset though like like that would have been <gasps> it that would have been an incredible game he was such a good, and the thing is, it was such a good, like, idea, and the fact that they had used, um, wow, now I only know him as Sam Porter Bridges. <laughs> Norman um, Reedus. <laughs> Norman Reedus, thank you. Um, I mean, he just fit that person, too. Like, I know. I am hoping, I am just hoping that, that he gets to be in more games, to be honest with you, because he fits such a good personality. Of, he does. It's so much easier to use him instead of make some character from scratch that you don't know if people are going to like. <laughs> yeah, just make Norman Reedus the new Troy Baker. Yes, please. It's just, you know. <laughs> just plug him into everything. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so that's, I mean, I feel like that is going to happen eventually. You know, the, the Silent Hill is still, you know, a pretty big IP, and I feel like that's going to, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for them to just tuck that away and never use it again. Yeah. And we didn't get one on this on this generation of console, and now we're moving on to, you know, PS5 and, you know, Xbox One or Xbox Series X or whatever the heck they call it. Um, so, I mean, we're kind of due for one. And plus, they are just rumored, so I don't know if it's in development and they are... Just... Now, the leaker also, the aesthetic guy on Twitter, <laughs> from what I said earlier, <laughs> he had also stated that, um, or I guess people that were replying to him too, that what's really they're debating is the title. What they're going to title it because they want to also expand upon it, which... To me, that person who's a reliable leaker of at least titles of the games that are coming out, um, to me, that's a clear indication that it is in the works, but I'm sure it's going to be probably a couple more years. So Yeah, probably. If I mean, they're still debating titles of it, that's kind of concerning because I'm not sure what step that is in a game development process. But Yeah, and I mean, who knows? They might just use the same assets from... PT. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know who owns that, like the rights to that though. I don't know if Kojima, because it was kind of his, you know, that was kind of in his wheelhouse during that time. I don't know if he owns the rights to that or not. I don't know how messy it was and yeah. what's what. So I'm just kind of like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna step back and let him figure it out. Yeah, but I'm sure, I'm sure that will happen. And I'm surprised there hasn't been any fatal. I mean, the Switch is still fairly new but i'm surprised there's not been a fatal frame for switch yet so i'm sure that's probably going to happen too that would be one of the best games you could probably do on the switch in my opinion because they did come out with a fatal frame on the wii which the, the wii u wii was i think there actually might have been one on the wii too but the, the wii, wii u was on there we are we yeah the wii, wii or wii u. u whichever yeah wii u so 
that had really kind of janky controls with the game and I'm wondering if the Switch honestly is going to be a better option. Um, I saw people struggling with it when I used to try to look up the Let's Play for it because I was like, I don't got no Wii. So I looked up the Let's Play for the Fatal Frame game. Yeah. And I've seen people kind of struggling with looking around. So I think the Switch would probably be better with the motion controls to aim the camera and to take pictures of the ghosts and capture them to defeat them. Yeah. So I'm really super excited to hear any more details that come out about it. Um, And I think that was my first time I actually reported these kind of things yeah that's awesome like categories of rumored games and news so i'm sorry it's kind of like no i mean that's that's awesome sloppy. uh it, it makes it makes my job easier <laughs> you are very welcome <laughs> so i appreciate that um so that's pretty exciting wait can i say like hold on back to you calvin yeah that's like the news yeah blip 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 okay so uh i have more of a sad news story uh depending on how you take it um, Rockstar's co-founder and creative vice president, Dan, I think it's, I think it's Hoser, Hoser, Hauser, Hauser. I think it's Hauser. I'm going to say Hauser. It's probably Hoosier. <laughs> probably should look up these pronunciations prior to the podcast, but it kind of makes it a little bit more fun when we can't pronounce anything. So, uh, Dan Hoser, uh, will be leaving Rockstar on March 11th after an extended break that started back in last spring. Um, so spring of 2019. Uh, Hauser uh, founded the company alongside four other people, but most notably his brother Sam in 1998. Sam, who I believe is uh, the president of the company, is going to remain with the company, so he won't be leaving. Um, But this is according to a document filed to the U.S. Securities and Exchange, or the SEC. Take-Two Interactive stock went down by more than 4%. After this, you know, after his departure, which they say, I got this from, I believe, uh, I can't even remember where I got this from. That's not good. Um, but basically, it's the lowest it's been since December 9th, which I thought was like, that's not really a big deal. So I don't wonder if that was a typo. Um, and then Take Two wrote in that same filing to the SEC, we are extremely grateful for his contributions in reference to uh, Dan Hauser as well. Um Rockstar Games has built some of the most critically acclaimed and commercially successful game worlds, a global community of passionate fans, an incredibly talented team, which remains focused on a current and future projects. Um, Dan Hauser was very instrumental in the writing of Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, Max Payne, GTA 5, and Bully. So this is a really big loss rockstar honestly i only liked bully bully. (laughs) um but these games they have a very unique um stories they have very unique stories to them and the writing is very wacky and crazy and he was you know like i said heavily instrumental in you know providing that content for those games and now he's on his way out there's speculation that the next grand theft auto is going to be you know tripling down on online so maybe the story is not really the main focus anymore. I don't know. That's all speculation. Um, it's which is kind of weird because Red Dead Redemption Two probably you know was more. I mean, it was definitely more story focused than it was online focused. Um, I haven't played it, but oh, I didn't play that either. Is yeah. that on the horse? Yeah, he was oh. instrumental in writing that story, which apparently the story was really good from what I heard. So you know, it's kind of weird that he would leave after that, but. It seems like maybe due to the success of Grand Theft Auto's online, Grand Theft Auto Five online, that they're probably going to be tripling down on that and going more in that direction. And maybe he just wants to have an opportunity elsewhere to, you know, maybe utilize his skills a little bit better. And we also don't know any of the inner, like, if he did too much work in his opinion or yeah, maybe he just wants to try something new for a change, you know? Yeah, which is, which is very, very possible. Um and it's you know it's it's sad it's he's he's been with the company since 1998 for so long thanks for the memories <laughs> even though they were okay i'm not gonna that's copyright <laughs> um and i plus i'll probably butcher it anyway um but yeah that kind of kind of sucks i mean it's kind of an end of an era i guess over there but i guess the bright side is his brother sam is still going to be working over there so thanks sam i hope that's sam porter bridges it might be <laughs> or it might just be sam hauser because that's you know his brother i so. just <laughs> I made a joke. <laughs> I know. I wanted to squash it, though. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, so this next news story is kind of a weird one. 
Um, this one was <laughs> Platinum Games' critically acclaimed Wonderful 101, which released back in 2013 as a Wii U exclusive, is getting remastered for the Nintendo Switch, PC, and PS4. Now, the weird thing about this game is that this game was published and paid for, funded by Nintendo in order for this game to even be created originally. So, this game is kind of weird because Platinum was unable to, I guess, get Nintendo to fund its remastered edition and they had to start a Kickstarter. And apparently this Kickstarter was actually given the okay by Nintendo, even though it means that it's going to be going to other consoles. Very strange. Now, the Kickstarter broke its goal in less than an hour. And this is from uh, Engadget.com. Um, it says that it looks likely it'll hit over $1.5 million in donations. The Kickstarter also has a strange reward if you pledge more than a thousand yen, equivalent to around nine US dollars, this will net you the option to have Platinum co founder Hideki Kamiya block you on Twitter. <laughs> so, if, if for those of you who don't know, Hideki Kaima, uh, uh, he is basically known for blocking people on Twitter for the smallest of infractions. So if you say, if you, you know, basically message him hello on Twitter in English, he will block you. Well, maybe it's because he doesn't want to talk to you. He just, I don't know. He's just a really bizarre guy. He blocks what he doesn't want in his world. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's a really, really bizarre guy. To to me, that is like awesome. It's it's so weird. The truth is he doesn't want to (laughs) hear what you have to say. Like, I don't know, like. Honestly, like, it's it's pretty funny. Having the block option is great, and people take it way too serious. Like, if I don't want to see something, I don't want to see it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just need to start blocking more people. Now, this this is actually a tweet from Ant Dude ninety two. In light of the wonderful one hundred one news, I'm happy to announce that I'm part of the blocked by, blocked. He said blocked by, uh, Kojima Club, but I think he meant, uh, Kamiya Club. <laughs> so I think he he miss he mistyped there. I don't know what I did, but I'm honored. <laughs> and there's the little picture of him it, being blocked. Yeah, which is pretty freaking hilarious. Um, so really strange that Nintendo actually allowed them to do this. I guess because it wasn't really a big time seller. But in a recent four gamer interview uh, translated by uh, Siliconera, which I hope I pronounced that right too, <laughs> uh, Platinum Games head. Uh, at Sutsu, at at Sushi, Inaba. I'm definitely Good not luck. pronouncing these right. I, I, I do the best I can. I can't <laughs> see the page. The best I can. Let me see. Let me see it. Oh, Etushi and Inaba, Inaba. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the head of Platinum Games, um, spoke about the um you know process of getting permission from Nintendo to release the wonderful 101 on other platforms alongside of the Switch version and Nintendo didn't have any problems with it and this is what he had to say I know I know it's on a completely different scale but that's like talking about bringing God of War to other platforms but then Nintendo told us that it was fine just like that and now there's a chance we can even release the Wonderful 101 on platforms such as the PS4 and Steam if we can reach the stretch goals for the crowdfunding, which they did. They destroyed it. Um, so really weird because Nintendo is really like usually very, you know, locked down. So they obviously probably didn't care too much about this. But, you know, Platinum Games, and actually I think uh, Hideki uh, Kamiya, actually came out and said that, you know, because people are kind of speculating, hey, one is if they do this with the Bayonetta franchise now because Nintendo is publishing that too. And they basically came out and said that, you know, we're, you know, we're not going to be using this crowdfunding thing as like a normal thing. This was kind of an exception to get this game out there, but it's not going to be something they commonly use. Hmm. So, but very interesting though that they took that route because Platinum's kind of a smaller developer, but they're known for making really high quality games. So the extra financial support was, you know, really, 
really helpful. So I think this will actually release in April because they have it complete. They're just trying to guarantee, I guess, game sales. So Well, that's kind of awesome. I mean, just so that you're, you know, you can kind of like pay somebody so that they make you yeah, <laughs> a absolutely. video game. But at the same time, what is that game going to be priced is another thing that I that is debatable in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, sure, it's great for crowdfunding because obviously you don't have to. Yeah, and that's awesome because so you think great. about it, like 10 years ago, this wouldn't be possible. I know. That's it's crazy. crazy. I mean, well, maybe 10 years ago. I can't remember what. But, you know, close to that, 15 years ago, it was, wouldn't have been possible to do this. So it's kind of cool that they were able to use that, you know, as their yeah. you know, advantage. Instead now, of getting that new Elder Scrolls horse <laughs> for $30. <laughs> for $30, They can't man. take any more of my money anymore. I'm really sad. Anyway, continue. Um, So, <laughs> you know, if you notice the list, Xbox One was not included on there. However, they did say that getting the PlayStation 4 and um, Steam on there was a really big endeavor for them. But they said if the crowdfunding is a massive success, which it's looking like it is a massive success they would explore the options of bringing it to other platforms, which would include the Xbox One. Yeah, thanks. Last so I think, in the race here. I think the reason why they didn't is because this type of game that it is doesn't fall in line, I guess, maybe analytically with what Xbox players typically buy. So it's kind of more of a cartoony game in a way. Not really sure how I'd describe it. I played the demo back on Wii U like years ago. Um, but it's... Uh, it might not be something that maybe Xbox players usually gravitate towards. Uh, or maybe they just haven't gotten to that stage of uh, talking with them yet. So. Yeah, which we'll yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. And I think that it probably will eventually go to Xbox. Um, so this next story is also a bit of a weird one. Um, well, maybe not weird if you consider Nintendo does some weird stuff. But the official Nintendo of Australia website for Animal Crossing New Horizons confirm that there will only be one island per, uh, per console so you can only have one island that if somebody else wants to play on your switch they can create a character but they're going to go to your same location which is actually how it's always been so that actually didn't really change but the weird thing and the, the biggest kicker is that this is um from uh, roastera.com a site member uh athreos showed a screen grab of a download card that shows that there are no file transfers allowed in the new Animal Crossing Horizons game. So that means if you buy a Nintendo Switch, like a, you want to upgrade, say the Switch Pro comes out, you want to upgrade. There's no way to transfer your file to that new Switch from your Animal Crossing. Oh my gosh. So really backwards... Oh my um, Gosh. Yeah. Now, Nintendo did come out and say, I believe today, that they are considering adding some kind of file backup for Give us an insertable physical disc. I don't care. I know they they said they're they're considering adding you know a data backup for Switch Online users only. So, so if you're paying that three dollars or whatever it is don't per month, don't forget to pay a month. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's gone. So it's it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit um, strange. People are not happy about it. There's kind of been like a war going on between uh, Nintendo and its fans this week. Um, but just to, before I get into some of the tweets, um, another interesting note to take is that um, on the card, it did say that the game is going to support Amiibo, which isn't really a big deal. But the thing that I like is that it will be a 6.2 gigabyte download, which is tiny. So that's oh, going to nice. be nice. How pleasant is that? So we'll be able to download Animal Crossing they in like 10 minutes. They don't tell you that's without all the extra DLC <laughs> they're giving you. <laughs> I, no, I, I, think, I think that's probably going to be about as big as it will be. Um, so, you know, that part's exciting. I mean, most of this stuff probably won't affect me. If the Switch Pro comes out, I probably will upgrade at some point. So I'm hoping that they do have some kind of data backup. I hope so too because, like, I, was the, I want a custom Switch and I'm like, um, that won't be possible if I start my Animal Crossing journey. Yeah. So I, mm. I gotta find a pink switch very fast. Yeah. Or light. Otherwise, switch it's. Light. <laughs> oh. So this is at their name is so long uh, at Rosalina Aslum or as Luma as Luma I don't know Rosalina's Luma. That's it. Okay. Oh man, this is so disappointing. What if my switch breaks? What if I'm going to buy a new switch? I don't want to lose my save file. I'm really excited about Animal Crossing. 
New Horizons, but this is just so sad. And it is sad because Nintendo has to... The one complaint I have about Nintendo is that they do certain things that go against industry standard, you know, features. So having file backups and being able to save things to a profile, this is things that they should have had in place a long time ago. You know, you can throw the party chat thing in there. You know, I've complained about that multiple times on this podcast. They need to cut down on those things that it's okay to do things different. It's okay to be different. It's okay to do things different. But when it comes to, you know, important things such as data transfers and having things hooked up to your profile, no matter where you're playing, you know, what switch you have with your profile, I feel like that's they need a to fix really it. big deal breaker when it comes to their initial sales, because people then are going to want to get the switch they want before they get the Animal Crossing, which might actually be a problem. You know, especially if, like, you want to upgrade. Yeah. I'll just hold out until the next Switch is out, and then I'll get Animal Crossing. It could really mess up their sales. So I'm kind of concerned about how they're going to judge the, you know, the stats on that. They should know that's going to have an impact. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest. I feel like most of the people that will buy Animal Crossing probably don't even know about this. And they'll probably never come across it. Until but, the, until it breaks or until they accidentally drop yeah, it in the pool. Then, oh, crap. Or something. But for people like us... And for people that are kind of, I guess, more informed about things that are kind of going on in the industry. More like obsessed, but go yeah. ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like this kind of is a little bit lame. It's like, you know, you guys have had years since the Wii. You've seen other infrastructures in place, you know, other ecosystems that these other consoles have mastered over the years. It's like you guys couldn't have fixed this for the Switch. The Switch is so close to being you know, such an amazing console. I mean, it's already a great console, but it has, if you just, you know, focused on these little details that are standard in the industry that you're in, you don't, I mean, you're just, you're missing out on, on something and you shouldn't be. It's like a lack of foresight again, when it's been staring you in the face for years now. Even, even if they just made like, listen, I, I love Animal Crossing, and I would actually be content if they just made a physical disc <laughs> thing to plop in my Switch. Where but we physical, have that. We have an SD card. game thingamabob that goes in there. Let us save it to that, then. I don't care. Just get us to save it onto <laughs> something that is not going to crash and burn the I moment I, I break my Switch. It's, it's very disappointing, to say the they're, least. They're so... They're so I don't know. They're just like, yeah, my switch, yeah. switches ain't going to break. Don't worry. What now, are you talking about? It is possible, though, that we're freaking out for nothing. And yes, as long is. as you have the online, it's going to transfer just fine. They have other games that do transfer fine. So maybe it's just the way it's worded. It's also in a different language. So maybe once it comes out, it'll be fine. Um, but at Blake Case said, I can't believe Pokemon Sword and Shield lets each profile have its own file. But Animal Crossing won't. That's kind of crazy. But once again, like I said, it is kind of crazy. It's a little bit weird. But it's kind of how it's always been. I'm really expecting this Animal Crossing to do bad because it's not hyped up to be what it is. Yeah. That just makes me more concerned about what do you mean we can't save our progress? You know, like, just in case we have to get a different switch. Are you telling me there's something going on there? Or you're... Yeah. Come on. You know people are dying for this game, you know, and there's more features that were added to it. And you're something that literally will take one full day of human life to go through and then you gotta wait for actual winter for it to turn winter. I know. Are you telling me, uh no. Don't worry, after three hundred and sixty five days of you playing, it won't matter at all when your <laughs> switch breaks. Sorry, can't transfer. Like that's just yeah, I, I think this is going to... They could just be coming out with this to, to see the waters. And I, then... feel like, I feel like this wasn't intended to come out. I feel like this was not the way that it wanted to be presented. I think that... I, for, I feel like for some reason it was kind of lost in translation and that they will have a, ability to transfer files. I think that is going to be a I thing. I just hope there was a mistake. There was miscommunication. I hope so, too, because it's kind of ridiculous at this point in time. You know, like I said. Um, now, at Infectious... Uh, 
I can't see your name. It's at Infectious Cat. I don't think you've ever played Animal Crossing. It's literally always been like this. One town poor. Uh, why do I keep saying poor instead of per? It's going crazy. One town per memory file. You can create multiple play, uh, playable villagers, but it's always been one town. But good job getting those complaining retweets and likes. Eye roll emoji. Um, wait, what? Are you telling me I could have made another villager for my town and I never knew this? Because every time I made a new villager, I had a different town. No. No, it was. it's always been whenever you create a new villager, they just go into your house. Well, at least in, in Wild World, it would add a bed to your house. Listen, in this one, I think it might add a house. Whichever one I played, you couldn't do that. So... <laughs> I just don't want to promise that to anybody because when I did it, I must have did it wrong or something because I got well, a you can Well, you can erase your file. I, I must be playing. I must have played a very old version of Animal Crossing or something. Yeah, because I think it's it's always just been you're in the same town. I don't think you can go and, and get a new town and unless I, you erase your data from the last and town. And it's okay to complain. It's okay. Well, yeah, it is okay to complain just because, I mean, you should be able to have multiple files because not everybody just owns their Switch for themselves. You know, you should be able to to have your own. Um, At P. P Gray, wow, you won't be able to transfer your Animal Crossing save file between Switches? That is beyond shit. Oh. Oh, wow. So strong opinion of it. Um, and before we go into the next uh, section here, um, just wanted to say one more thing. I forgot to add this in when we were talking about the wonderful 101. So I wanted to just kind of throw this in here. Right, go ahead. So this was at um, UU Kami. Wow. Apparently Nintendo still owns the IP for wonderful 101, but they are still allowing the game to go to PC slash PS4. If it meets the required stretch goals, what a timeline we live in. And I agree. Interesting. So, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to the next section. Um, if I can just pull up my notes because I am all out of sorts. Um, so this is the little slice of Xbox news. Once again, Xbox is not really having a ton of news right now. Um, but this is the one thing that I was able to gather from this week that really stood out to me. So, uh, Phil Spencer, the, uh, head of the Xbox, uh, brand, uh, you know, the, the chief, the guy in charge, (laughs) uh, he told, uh, protocol.com, uh, when they were talking about, I guess, the different cloud solutions and um, they were talking about, you know, how he views Nintendo and Sony for this upcoming generation. Um, and he had this to say, uh, when you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them, but we see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward. That's not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess they could try to recreate uh, Azure. Um, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud over the years. So this is kind of, you know, what the new direction Amazon and Google have like, you know, some of the biggest, you know, cloud based, you know, research and all that, that they poured in over the years. Microsoft, I think may have topped them in terms of how much money they've dumped into that. Um, so not really a, you know, bash against Nintendo or Sony. It's just kind of showing that, you know, they're kind of in a, they're kind of, focusing on a different um i guess playing field than they were last generation yeah what kind of playing field you want to you want to expand on that for the gamers out there that's what i don't i don't fully get i don't understand how that i don't look at amazon and go yay i'm gonna go play a game i don't either just because maybe disappointing too maybe you're what your cells on there and your physical games are being bought on there instead of people actually walking through a wally world or target you know to get to it okay just because we don't want to go in person we order it online does not mean we we're just going there to play games i i yeah. I don't understand. They don't ever expand upon what they're stating when it comes to to Google or Amazon, okay? Like as yeah. a gamer, as your 
competition is the other consoles. It is the games you are releasing. Is Amazon releasing a game? Is No, Amazon's not even a console. Okay, I don't understand why you think they're your competitors in the... If we're talking about video games, okay? So, what he's saying to me, literally, I, I just can't... <laughs> it's like It's like asking, what's your favorite ice cream? And you say, actually... We're actually looking to the pretzel industry. Wait, what What are you talking? They're our competitors. You know why? Because they're salty. Wait, but ice cream is a dessert. I don't understand where you're coming from. I, it's really disappointing that you feel like it's just not going in the direction you want as, I don't know, as a fellow fan. I'm so confused and upset. Now, I feel like Amazon is coming out with their own gaming service. Um, <laughs> but I do agree with you that I don't think that you can look at the Switch and you can look at the PS5 and necessarily say that they're, you know, not competing with you directly because they kind of are. Now, I think this may, this is also kind of a quote out of context. Um, so I'm sure that there's more more to it than this. But, you know, this, this also might be a playoff, you know, because, you know, Sony and Microsoft have teamed up to you know, find, you know, different cloud solutions in gaming. That was one of the things that came out this year, um, which we did talk about on uh, the show, I think, back in the summertime. So they did, you know, decide they're going to kind of team up to go against Google um, when it comes to this kind of thing. Now, it's interesting, though, because just days ago, Nintendo's president, uh, Shuntaro uh, Furukawa, said that the new consoles wouldn't impact, you know, the Switch's business. He doesn't anticipate it really changing much for the Switch. So once again, not really a bash against the new consoles, but, you know, Nintendo, I guess, feels like they're doing something different and that, you know, they're just going to continue to do it. Let me state this. Microsoft's over here waving the white flag saying, oh, we're not focused on video games anymore. We might actually eventually just be able to provide something for these other fellow consoles. To me, they always started going more towards apps, more towards what they can do for entertainment, Mm. rather than video games per se. And I think it's because they know at this point they're being defeated. PlayStation has VR. I mean, freaking Nintendo has a Switch, a mobile gaming console that's very successful. And what does Microsoft have? We have our apps. Now you can watch Netflix. Now well, you can watch they, YouTube. When they, but, but when they're talking about the cloud, because they've invested heavily in xCloud, which is actually a streaming game service. So they, they want to be able to compete with what Google Stadia is doing. But even Google Stadia, it's I mean, the technology isn't perfect see, even yet. even streaming. I mean, streaming and whatever you know uh, us as youtubers and twitchers and mixers and whatever facebook livers are doing you're going to end up doing it no matter what the console really has to offer granted we like the recording mechanism it makes our lives easier yeah it makes things easier for us if we're streamers to do it but it doesn't necessarily mean as a console that should become your primary focus you should really look at them with the utmost respect but acknowledge they are your competitors because uh, you just stating they aren't does not make them not your competitors. Yeah. That's what really gets me riled up. It's like, no, they obviously are consoles still. You can't just not acknowledge you're coming out with a console for video games and you're not in competition with them in the market. That doesn't make much sense at all. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I'm I mean, he- I, I'm a heated Xbox yeah. fan. <laughs> I mean, uh, and it's it is kind of I guess a weird comment, especially when you know the PlayStation Four kicked the Xbox One's butt this entire generation. It still I don't continues. even start with that. So okay. I'm just saying, it, it you know it it's it is true, and you know Switch I think is even probably on pace to outsell the Xbox One as well. I just well. wish they would come out with something that actually has something different than the other consoles. I feel like after the Kinect, they, they like you know cried a little bit tossed it in the trash and they said we give up i just want something new that they can do and i'm sure you know i'm honestly very positive there's contracts made with amazon and google and there are things that they have to prioritize now because they probably got themselves into something they didn't necessarily want to get into and that's the problem is probably money in that realm of them and focus for video games yeah at this point i think that they're gonna have to as a business or whatever you want to call 
Xbox consoles. They're going to have to start thinking differently in a different direction because I don't think they could compete anymore. And it's really upsetting because if they would just try to be a little bit more creative, <laughs> they could come up with something for us. You know, it's just really disappointing to me. Now, I honestly think that the bright side of that is that Xbox and Microsoft, they have invested heavily as this generation has wrapped up in acquiring different game studios. So, you know, Obsidian was the big one, and that is probably going to, you know, it's going to probably produce them some pretty awesome content this generation. And you can acquire them, but if they're not exclusives, I'm still mad. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, But, you know, I think way back when we talked about how Xbox might be trying to you know, not only have its own console sales, but also branch out in, you know, finding ways to make money off of other consoles as well and kind of win in that way. So we're not really sure yet. You know, we're not really sure what their plan is, but it's it's, literally in a dark shroud of confusion. Yeah, because there was a while there we had like those rumors where, you know, there was going to be like Game Pass on the Switch and all that. And that really hasn't come to be yet. And that was a while ago. So we don't really know. Like, we don't know what, what they're planning on doing, but it's it's definitely going to be interesting as we head into this this next generation. And I get really heated when I talk about Xbox just because it's like, why don't you do more? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> when will you learn that <laughs> I, your actions have consequences? Like, I'm the person that will still own all the consoles one day. I, I'll buy them slowly and progressively. Which we, yeah, we do. We I mean, that's just do. our problem. Yeah, it's, it's an issue. But Xbox, I have my childhood nostalgia, so I get a little, like, crazy. And half the things I say don't quite make sense just because I'm upset. So That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it very entertaining for you guys to have, you know, first-hand ob- observation to my meltdown, right? Yes. Now, we're going to head on to our last piece of news today and this also relates to a next generation console one that i'm very excited about the playstation 5 receives an official splash page and the the splash page reads playstation 5 is coming launches holiday of 2020 we begun we've begun to share some incredible features you can expect from PlayStation 5, but we're not quite ready to fully unveil the next generation of PlayStation. Sign up below and become or I'm sorry, and be among the first to receive updates as we announce them including the new PS5 release date, PS5 price and upcoming roster of PS5 launch games. So there was a lot of speculation that the PlayStation 5 was going to be I think it's actually going to be $400, the same as the PlayStation 4. And what I've been hearing from just a few people in the industry, they seem to think that they're going to wait for Microsoft to reveal the price of the Xbox Series X before they make their decision. So they'll probably undercut. They don't even need to do that. I mean, the PlayStation 4 had VR you know, and this was, one will have it too. There was different versions of PlayStation you can get at this point. The gold, well, and like, that's a good point that you're bringing up here. You know, there's different versions. There's different price yes. ranges. Xbox was like 500 and nothing or 400 or whatever. Honestly, it was just ridiculous. And to even pay that much money made me cry. So it's, <laughs> I will be highly upset if they price this stuff like above five hundred dollars they won't yeah they won't that's when i cut it off and i'm like i remember back in the day we got a new computer for five hundred dollars like that was my system for a while and now it's like half a thousand dollars i mean for your kids imagine if all your kids want their own console i know it's terrible fifteen hundred dollars I mean, their credit cards give, be giving out or something. You have to wait for the three-year price drop. Uh, I mean, the thing is, is that I don't think PlayStation will venture past 400 I just think 400 is kind of the sweet spot because it looks, I mean, 400 looks pretty appealing. You know, 399 I guess. Because it makes it seem, you know, a lot cheaper than it is. But I do believe that PlayStation 5 has a chance, and this has been rumored, that it could release, similar to what I think the Xbox Series X will release, uh, with a standard version of the console and then a pro version of the console, so a more powerful version. Um, Obviously, the other one will be cheaper, 
Um, and then, you know, the pro version will be more expensive. So maybe you have like the, I don't know, maybe the PlayStation for or PlayStation five, you know, standard edition for like three fifty, and then you can get the pro for like maybe four fifty. I really hope that that's the case because I'm tired of waiting for them to announce a new PlayStation at a cheaper cost. I know, yeah. I'm tired of that. How about you come up with the cheaper one or the standard, you know, the light, which is the cheapest, and then something like, you know, Pro, which yeah. is the most expensive, all at the same time. Because honestly, you can actually gauge that those stats, that kind of reporting, a whole lot easier and see what... Where, what you need to cut for your next generation console. Yeah, I feel like it's not as lucrative, though, because, you know, when you introduce this new hardware, because if you had the same piece of hardware that is out for the entire generation, you know, you're not renewing interest in the brand necessarily to entice people to, you know, get new hardware. So I see I see it from that business perspective where maybe what I said earlier doesn't necessarily make sense. How about and then, new colors or, or new yeah. design like they have been doing anyway? That makes more sense. It it does, but I, I feel like I don't know. We're giving them names: Carol, <laughs> Jen. The, the PlayStation Jen, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'm honestly not really sure what they're gonna do. But I feel like having two editions of the system to start off, and then maybe I don't know, three or four years down the line, you release an even more powerful one, or you release one that is translucent or pink or purple or gold or whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> Cloud blue. <laughs> yeah, this one, this one's camouflage. You won't be able to see it on your uh, entertainment center. So this I don't know. Is, I'm. This is stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many choices. Really get me aggravated. It's like there's a point where you're excited, and there's a point where you're just starting to get frustrated because you just want it to come out. I know. I want to see what these look like. I mean, obviously we've already seen Xbox. I want to see what the PlayStation looks like, and imagine we're getting closer and closer with each passing day so i mean they're not going to reveal it at e3 i wonder if they're going to wait till after or before i don't know i don't know i don't know either i feel like 2020 is definitely going to be a very important year for people to gauge what's going to be good or valid or standard for the next 10 years i feel like this is going to be a very important year to determine a future the future plans basically yeah and that kind of has me scared because i'm like Xbox, you could survive another 10 years if you try. <laughs> you know, I'm like so nervous. Yeah. And also, just going to throw this in here too, that Nintendo also intends for the Switch to last longer than their previous uh, previous home consoles. So they have big plans for the Switch, which they also, I don't know if I ever mentioned this in our last episode, but this they've come out and said that they have no new Switch hardware planned for a release this year where have we heard that from before last year before they released the switch Lite, and the whole you know we're not going to release a new hardware thing is really weird to me because it doesn't necessarily rule out that they're going to release hardware because why would they tell you straight up oh yeah all the people that are about to buy this animal crossing special edition you might want to wait because we're going to release a playstation pro or not playstation pro can you imagine <laughs> surprise. that surprise yeah, surprise it's like wait a minute playstation scratching their heads but no it, it's it's like you we're know releasing play switch Sorry. yeah we're <laughs> <laughs> like we're going to release the the Switch Pro, so uh don't buy that Animal Crossing special edition. And then it also you also have to keep in mind that, you know, it might not even be considered necessarily new, you know, a new next generation hardware. He might be talking about we're not going to be releasing a next generation system or, you know, the next system in the line. It's a different skew of the Switch. So there's a lot of technicalities that you can get into that kind of make it so that that whole statement that they made about this really doesn't even mean much. It doesn't hold a lot of weight because they're not being specific. And we've seen this time and time again. We're not going to be releasing any new 3DS hardware. Oh, here's the 3DS XL right after E3. Here's it's, the 2DS. It's almost like a tease. Yeah. And no one likes a tease. You know why? Because we lose hope each time, and then we get really excited, and you know we do, and it's really cruel. Yeah, it, it's only <laughs> it's only a matter of time before this happens. 
So the Switch Pro, I, I'm going to stick with my prediction and say that it'll be revealed in July after E3. And I swear, if we keep getting like five new variations of different Switch controllers that look like they're just stickers on them, I'm going to be really upset. Give us some actual I would like to see custom cool designs because I'm starting to feel like I could slap a sticker and sell it for 60 bucks. Yeah, I'd like I'm to see, um, you know, redesign Joy-Cons, but also maintain compatibility to the old ones, too. But these new ones just have, you know, upgraded motion and all that kind of stuff. Upgraded ergonomics for a, you know, presumably released Switch Pro. Give us a, a square edges, round edges, buffier ones. I, I don't. Something. Give us some difference, you know, and give us some some matching colors because you're driving me crazy. Yeah. Me personally, I never thought I'd have an issue with that because I know left one's this color, right one's that. But let me tell you, it it, it keeps me up at night. <laughs> Why don't they match? <laughs> I've never been like that. I wear different socks on my feet. And I had to get black ones because it started bothering me. It's actually a genius idea on their part, though, because that means you have to go and buy extra controllers. It's like these are still functional. You can still use them. But if you want to have a solid blue or a solid red switch, you're going to have to shell out some money. Which, which, is, also, which is also a lie. Okay, because I, if you're not, if you're not careful, you can easily buy the wrong package and you get the same controller that doesn't go on the right side. No, they actually, that's, that's not true because really? it's not true because the ones that you buy, because here's, here's the issue that you'll run into. So the ones that you'll buy, if you buy like the alternating red and blue, those are the only ones that are available. So if you are trying to, if you got the gray switch and you're trying to get full red or full blue that's when the issue comes that's what play. i'm talking about so because you can't get the ones that are on the console which i think now you probably can get double but and when the first when the switch first came out those were really hard to find yes thank you okay so i i just want them to come out with a matching pair okay yeah <laughs> maybe like launch. release like two or three matching pair switch cut instead of these little controllers that have decal slappers yeah. on them like which they've done it before when the when the mario odyssey switch came out it had like the darker mario red it was both the joy cons they were both that color we haven't seen that since it's driving me crazy it, it just is and when is it going to take time for pink things to be released i thought we got to the stage where we realized a lot of people like pink including boys and girls and everybody included in between and all above even if you're a horse can't we just have i don't know one edition that's pink i, I would get I, I would get my you know what i'm saying i wonder if statistically those sell bad <sighs> i'm curious to see what the pink 3ds numbers were when they released that rose gold there you go Got him hook, line, and sinker. Okay, I just yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do have the we do have a pink Joy-Con, but it's I guess it's more of a hot pink. Yeah, it's not the light pink. Yeah. And and oh, it's only one Joy-Con. You can buy another one though. Oh, if you struggle and you pay sixty dollars <laughs> for one and then sixty dollars for the other, then for one hundred and twenty dollars, it could be yours. I think I'll. There you go. Etsy and getting custom matching. I mean, ones. that might honestly be the best. Honestly, with how these Joy Cons are constructed, though. I probably would just wait for the new redesigned one, which I'm pretty sure we'll eventually get. I'm going to decorate my own. I give up. <laughs> I'm just going to dunk mine in chocolate and have chocolate-covered Joy-Cons. Uh, yeah, we're going to tie-dye ours. <laughs> I want I want them to release a pretzel Joy-Con so it looks like pretzels. Um, no, it'll make you hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm always hungry, so what, what does it matter? Because you're um, eating your own console. <laughs> chocolate factory! Um... I wanted to read this one because I, I decided that I, I missed another one. Oh, you um, decided? Yeah, I decided I missed another one. Uh, this was at Big Mac. <laughs> if he, I mean, if he listens to this all the way to the end, I mean, major props to him. Um, but he said, this is about Dan uh, Hauser. He said, wow, this sucks, but thank you, Dan Hauser, for all the legendary games you helped create. Hashtag Rockstar Games. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there because I like getting, um, you know, these tweets on here and I was a little bit disorganized today. I didn't put them in my notes this time. So that's shame on me. You, I felt a little disorganized. This was like our first attempt at actually giving you guys like just news. A, yeah, just a straight up news podcast to focus a little bit more, give our opinions of it. Um, you know, we've, we've been opening up the podcast a little bit more in terms of, you know, who we're showing it to. I'm a very private person, so the people that I know in like actual real world, IRL. I typically yeah, I typically like to kind of remain under wraps. 
but slowly and surely we've been kind of, you know, advertising a little bit to people outside of our comfort zone. So we're, you know, we're kind of getting, I guess, more people that we know listening to the show, which is kind of cool. So it, it honestly is like kind of crazy when you do tell somebody and they actually like listen to it. I know they're actually really interested. They're like, Oh wow. We love your show. Also crap. I forgot. I have to read the review that we now have on Apple podcast. I can't, I can't be, uh, you know, going against my word here. Um, so let's go ahead and pull that up real quick. And if you you leave a review, we definitely see them. I remember that we we were reading it together, actually. We just need to mention it to everyone who's listening on here as well. Yes. So, and excuse how disorganized we are for our very first podcast, where we're kind of getting things organized and classified. Um, but we definitely want you guys to be able to listen to things you're interested in. So. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and boot this on. And let's go ahead and read this review. We have to turn our um, our phones on airplane mode while we record, because otherwise you get a really cool beat that doesn't necessarily sound great when you're listening to (laughs) the podcast. So just need to wait for this bad boy to load anytime now. Podcast. There we go. All right. So this is from Kobe Vader. He says, "Greatest podcast ever created." Love you guys. <laughs> he said, love you guys chemistry. I think he meant love your guys chemistry. And keep up the good work, bro. But yeah, I mean, if you guys leave reviews on here, we will read them. We'll try to read those at the beginning of the show, though. Because if we wait to the end, no one's ever going to hear them. No, so, definitely not. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty exciting. So thank you for the review. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to keep on improving the, the show. If you guys are listening to this and you have heard our other podcasts and you're seeing that we're doing like this, you know, change of format. Let us know how you liked it. Mm -hmm. Give us a review on how you liked it. Or if you want us to keep maybe like our old, more natural kind of podcast, but I guess we're just trying to get a little bit more specific to give you all more details and more time on the topics that we're actually supposed to talk about. Yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and you know, as always, you can find us on your favorite podcast app. And you guys can also head on over to GamePinions.net while you can, because soon it'll be .com. So thank you guys so much for listening in, and we will catch you guys next week for hopefully two GamePinion episodes. So, uh, yeah, keep on keeping on.